This is the Intelligent Human Voice Podcast Network. I'm your host, the Pat Man. From the Bay to LA and beyond. I'm in the studio, people. I'm in the studio. I'm ready to push the power buttons on some of my gadgets and get some music cranking. Because, um, woof! I'm not usually pumping my music like that because I mean they're they're my ears you know they're my musical ears so you know not a lot of people haven't heard what I've been pouring my 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 literally my soul into uh when it comes to music because it's a vibration so while I've been going through things, you know, I've had a, a very interesting journey in life over the past six years. No, actually, let's go back to 20 years ago, right before I left, because I started buying, I started building my studio, you know, little components here and there, you know, around uh, 2000, around the time of uh, 9-11. Yeah, I had money. I had money to invest in myself. That was the whole focus. It's like, wait a minute, I can't be jumping around a, you know, I, I had knew all these producers throughout the Bay Area, all cool cats too. But you know, their time is their time. My time is my time. And uh, but you know, having to schedule that when you got an idea in your head. I was sharing this with a kid the other day. I said, when you have an idea in your head, man, you know, even if you go to bed, I mean, you can go to bed. I, I can't speak for other people, but I go to bed. You know, I'm usually. I'm usually have would have had a very full day of uh, brain activities, right? So that's in between. I gotta take little naps and whatever, right? But when I hit the when I hit the bed, by the time I hit the pillow, I'm out. I'm done until the alarm goes off. You know, I don't hear anything else. You know, a train could probably roll through my loft, and I wouldn't. Seriously, that that's from having growing up in a big family and there's always noise and you got to find some kind of peace at some point right so anyway anyway yeah the music is um i was here, here's the thing i want to share before i go into the subject of the day with music everything about music and how everything is just intertwining and you know i get these feelings and like the other day i was i was um I was just overwhelmed with emotions and I, I that's the first time I've cried like in a very long time, in a very, very long time. And it I know where it comes from. If you've been listening, I want to keep talking about that, but um but I I I was very emotional and it was more emotional than usual. And I'm like, no, this is just, you know, everything just compounding compound interest you know right now you know i'm i'm actually having a good time but i I, you know i'm trying to move forward i'm doing things and the past keep coming in and everything's intertwining and then i listened to some music that i created like you know maybe two weeks ago and i'm like you gotta be kidding me you've got to be kidding me because as i mentioned you know I started this journey of musical production 20 years ago by buying my own equipment 
and not having to go to other people's studio, which I didn't mind because we were collaboration, we're making stuff. But as an artist, you gotta you gotta have your own stuff, your own equipment. And um, so as I as I look, I just got a message. As I'm um, you know thinking about you know the day. Um, and this was like last night, this was last evening. And I came across this video and this guy was saying, you know, happy birthday, Michael Jackson's like, that's right. Michael Jackson passed because he's, I think he was born in September. I think he's, he's a Virgo. Um, and anyone that knows me know I'm number one, Michael Jackson fan, you know, I got to yeah, so that's another, that's a whole, if you didn't know that, it's a, it's a whole nother podcast. So, and then this other guy on, I think it was on LinkedIn, and he called it Black, Black Friday, or, you know, the blackest day of the year. And I was like, what is this about? And it turns out it's like all these events that had happened on August 28th. One of those included Michael Jackson's death, Chadwick Bowman dying on the 28th, um, and a couple other events. I was like, whoa, I did not, I didn't see, I've never looked at that synchronicity, that all these things, and I never heard that it was, you know, the 28th of August was like the blackest day, and it went back to like, you know, maybe the 1800s or something like August, not maybe not that far, but I think it was like early 50s or something like that. And then I was like, wait a minute, Chadwick. Yeah, you know, of course, the, of course, man, this guy, it, that really hit home for me, right? Um, because he's such a talented dude, for one. And every, if you've ever seen Chadwick Bowman's in any performance, he just gives... He's done so many different, you know, roles that he just gives his all. He's always given his all to his role. And Black Panther was just a, that was like the tippy top. That was going to put him over, that was going to put him on the A-list, like no doubt. He's already A-list because he's got his own movie, but that was, that was just going to really, because people weren't really, if you weren't into comics, People were just like, oh, finally we got a black superhero. I was like, sh- 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 sit down somewhere. Shit, just sit down. I mean, come on, come on. We're going to go into that. That's a whole nother podcast. That's actually a whole nother podcast show talking about comics and particular, particularly uh, blacks in comics because it's bigger than you. It's more historical than anybody that's that have never seen the black panther would have gone to actually see anyway back on topic so i'm listening to the music getting emotional and these dates are synchronizing michael jackson's birthday love michael jackson chadwick bowman love my uh chadwick um and then i you know i paused because like i said it was it was i didn't take into account the day even though i've been feeling really emotional like very highly emotional I, I couldn't even 
And I just thought I was just getting nervous for, you know, you know, the rent's almost due or, you know, I, I don't I don't know what it is. You know, I'm, I thought maybe uh, it's all the family members I've lost, you know, since the COVID thing, you know. And then I look at the date and then there's uh, something says, yeah, I think auntie died around that time, passed away. And I go to find the ribbon, you know, that has her um, birth date and um, her transition date. And there it was, the 28th. I said, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. Now, why is this important? Why is this so impactful for me? Why, is it, why does it mean so much? Um, and it's all tied together. Everything I'm speaking about is all tied together. You, you've, if you've been listening to this podcast, you've heard me speak about my past and growing up in poverty and, um, you know, abuse and all this stuff and, you know, just traumatic and dramatic life. It just made my life that much more difficult into my adult life. So I've really been struggling with that and I have no problem, you know, expressing that on the podcast or when people have asked me questions, they're always shocked, like, really, seriously? You know, dude, I, I mean, why would I make stuff up like this? Um, but when I give thought to those dates, you know, of that's the day, you know, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson had a really huge impact on me because a couple of reasons, everybody would always, you know, call me like Michael Jackson, you know, it's like, I'm like, dude, Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson, I am me, I'm Patrick, and it started to annoy me, but when he started, you know, when he came out with Billie Jean, I was like, yeah, Michael Jackson, that's right, <laughs> but at the same time, his music, Quincy Jones, you know, behind him, you know, I remember him having all the Grammys, and so when I started to create my music, man, it was more like I had to I had to grab the feeling and the intensity that Michael Jackson's music made on me. And that's how I started producing my music. And that's every time I would, I would get sidetracked by whatever, I always think about, you know, how, how Michael's music just, you know, inspired the world. I don't get all of, all off in the titles, King of Pop and all this stuff. It's just that he, he was a gift and you know, the world didn't appreciate him. The world did not appreciate his gifts. They judged him just like, you know, the stories of Jesus. Same thing. It's like anyone that comes here and gives you the gifts, you got to turn it around and throw it in their face. It's like at, at, at the time by Michael Jackson was going through issues and whatever with the public and stuff, he, was, he had already given the world so much music. So much to dance to, so much to dance for, and and political songs and stuff. And then when you start having these political songs and he's saying what he wants to say in songs, he's you got this culture over here of religious culture, you know, who plays his music religiously at their bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs, talking major smack about this dude. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like seriously, and this is me as a as a child growing up and and watching how they're demeaning this dude. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, attempting to become the king of pop or or just 
becoming musically inclined and want to do that. But, you know, what happens if I reach that kind of status in my life and, you know, with my music, I can be that impactful. I can sing backgrounds. I can sing those high notes. I can do these things. I don't have people supporting my music like they like they would Michael Jackson. But what if I was to get to that point? Are people going to treat me like that? Are they going to talk smack about me in front of my face, behind my back? And all because I have money, they're now my friends. That's what I thought about the whole time. Blocking my own blessings, but also not having the support. You know, early on or or otherwise throughout life about the creativity that I was doing. I mean, we're artists. Artists have to express themselves, and, and most time, you know, we're expressing it, but if no one's paying attention, it's it's like being in your mama's basement, you know, <laughs> being a genius in your mama's basement. Your mother loves your music, but, you know, the rest of the world is like, yeah, yeah sure, well, that's your mother. She's supposed to love music. It's like, come on, dude. No, I, 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 have, I have professional recordings. I have over... 120 400 professional recordings don't get it twisted anyway so michael jackson inspired me musically uh he, he, he his music broke me out of shyness broke me out of bashfulness broke me out of all the stuff that was imposed on me i never went around saying i was shy that was other people that was my mother that was my mother that was you know if it was some girl or one of my boys you know didn't think i want to talk to this girl's like dude one she's not that cute you know you might think she's cute i don't think she's that cute so it's not me being shy i just don't have anything to say to her you want to holler at her you holler at her i'm gonna be over here that's 10 year old me trying you know to tell my boys like yo it's not that i'm shy you know and i love women are you kidding me but that girl is not cute to me. Have you seen the Jet Magazine Beauty of the Week? Well, uh, she doesn't compare, homie. She doesn't compare. So I'm just going to keep waiting in life till, uh, you know, find somebody that's like a Jet Beauty. Yeah, it's true. True stuff. Anyway, inspired by the music and more so, I wouldn't have even gotten to that point with music and my voice and just being there if it wasn't like for my auntie. My auntie, my auntie likes to sing too, or God bless her soul. She loved to sing. Um, she never did any recordings. Only time was, you know, I'd record her on a, um, she bought me a, my first tape recorder. I was, I think I was like 10 or nine or something like that. And that was the first time I heard my voice because whether how the whether time would you hear your voice unless somebody, you know, is constantly around you on the camera and you're hearing yourself and you're watching yourself. But um, so I start, you know, doing cartoon voices and then singing and and then I recorded my auntie singing. I was like, dang, you can actually you can actually sing. How come you haven't made a record? She's like, ah, oh, I've get what her excuse was but I don't know she I guess she, I don't think she thought she was um, confident enough to sing 
But I'm not the only, that's the thing. I'm not the only singer in my family. I'm not the only like super creative, um, you know, um, person in my family. Um, but she, she would be, she would have been the one responsible for who I am today, like big time. Um, I think she knew her sister well, she that's her sister, so she knows her sister better than any of us. Um, and so, you know, I, how it goes, you know, when I was born, said my auntie just took over. She's like, "Oh no, this is this is my baby. I'm I'm gonna have it." So, I was I was this is this is them telling me this, and and everybody's like, "Dude, you were always." either downstairs or, 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 you know, at your, at your auntie's place, you know, I, I hardly had you, you know, which was, I mean, I feel that because, and that's why I gravitated to that, you know, you know, more so my auntie. And I was trying that on my mother's side, you know, with the rest of like my grandfather and whatnot, but my grandfather and my grandmother, we didn't, we didn't like talk. We just went to church and they told us what to do. And Go outside, have some pie, sit down, watch TV, shut up, go home. <laughs> don't ask no questions about nothing that don't uh, mean no mind your business type of thing. That kind of crazy talk, you know. So on the flip side, my grandmother on my father's side, the total opposite. Just open, sweet, kissing, loving, food, pie, outdoors camping i mean that was the that was the combination of i guess having both having you know both sides of the family even though my mother wasn't married to my father and uh but having those dynamics of two different dynamics of growing up you know one is like a super religious side and the other is like totally not religious and so I got the best of both worlds in a sense I got the best of both worlds did one trump more one more than the other um I don't know it's I'm talking about this out loud I don't know I think it's an even balance but I just I just wish the religious side wasn't forced upon me you know when you force when you when you use force and like you gotta do this or you better do this or because I said so type of stuff, it just doesn't carry over, you know. It just doesn't carry over uh, to to anyone, you know. I don't think anyone would would want to, you know, something imposed on them. You know, you see all, all these kids now. They're like, I'm not. You can't force me to do something, and you can't. And it's the way you talk. So. You know, for all it's worth, you know, I learned what I learned in church, but, you know, I'm at the point in my life and, and I hit a point in my life where I had to start unlearning, you know, all these bad habits about, you know, money being evil and all this nonsense, you know, cursing the rich. Cur How can you curse the rich when people who are wealthy weren't always wealthy? <laughs> People assume that, and I know somebody else can relate to this. People assume that 
if someone's rich or they're wealthy or they're better off, that they've always been like that, that it has always been there. And I know that's not true because I know a lot of people with big banks, bank accounts that didn't start off at all, not even with their family. Their family like got here barely, you know, and then once they got here, they just, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. Make California your home. Your If you're going to move to California, yo, you don't, you don't come here thinking I'm going to, I don't know what people were thinking in the past 20 years coming to California. Like, seriously, I don't know what the people before that was thinking when they came here. But I know the ones that, that came with, look, I see a literally a golden opportunity. Let me put my hoofs into the hillside because this is where I'm at. I ain't going nowhere. I'm about to buy property. I'm going to, you know, do it right. I'm going to have my generations of children. They're going to carry on. They're going to carry on and done. But somehow somebody put out the wrong signal and told people to come here and that they were still gold here that you can pan and there's still gold. Just keep panning. Just keep panning. You'll see the gold. There is no gold. <laughs> there is no gold here, but it is a golden place to live. And, and somehow, I guess people came here with pipe dreams, thinking not having a, a, a millionaire mindset or an impoverished mindset. Because even though I grew up in this poor, I don't, I mean, if you, if you, if you saw where I live or knew where I live, it, that, that neighborhood is not a terrible neighborhood at all. Not even closely. It's like the suburbs, but you, it's, you have the BART train right there. You know, they, and the BART wasn't always there. The BART was, I, I was told that uh, the construction for the BART had started like maybe three or four years prior to. Uh, my birth onto the planet and so it caused a big deal because it split up Timiskau so all these highways that we see now weren't always in place and so um, our apartments was like the only apartments all the rest of the uh, homes were, were homes around us so I'm like this isn't this isn't a ghetto we had a lot of ghetto mentality uh, that that came, you know, from the south. That's what I'm gathering now as I'm, you know, checking people out and looking at people like, dude, this is California. If you if your parents came here to do anything other than become a multi-billionaire off of the West Coast, anything outside of that, you you. Hey, you you get what you you get what you put out, and if you're a follower, like literally, you're you're following. I mean, people followed other people from the south, and I get it. You got to get out. You had to make you know. You had to go where you needed, where it was safe and it was better, and you want to raise a family. But you got to have a plan, yo. You got to have a plan where it's it's even now it's like you, you got to sit down and you got to get real about, you know, things, you know, the, the downside about social media is that it creates this facade. And I've been on the Internet for over like almost 30 years since the Internet has been around, you know, on universities, you know, in the libraries, you know, 
So I've seen it become this thing that that people are looking into the window and they just think all this stuff is real. It's like, you can't call yourself an entrepreneur if you've never made a million dollars. You cannot even say that. You can't. That doesn't, that's that's not qualifying as a as a as a as a million as an entrepreneur. If you were an entrepreneur, you wouldn't have time to talk about being an entrepreneur. Bottom line, bottom line, most entrepreneurs don't have a whole lot of time to talk about being an entrepreneur. They hire someone <laughs> to, to schedule that out for them. You know what I mean? Because they're making that kind of money to do that. <laughs> so... You know, if it wasn't for the forcing of, of an indoctrinating, hypnotizing, and not doing not doing the homework, that's why I don't have children, because I wasn't shown the way. So how could I bring a child into this world? What what do I have to give them? What what am I showing them? This is this is your this is your legacy, you know. This, you know, you got a brother, you got an uncle in jail, um, got another family member who who's in jail for something else. You got another family member who stabbed their stabbed their husband. Um, yeah, everybody's got diabetes and some kind of health ailments. Yeah, man, I, I don't know what to share with you. <laughs> oh, me? Ah, well, I I went on my own path. You know, I I didn't have time for the nonsense, dude. I've been on the same path, but you know, when you grow up with, in this traumatic environment, it's it's and and you see it reinforced even in 2022, it it it'll it'll break you down. It'll have you, it'll break you down to build yourself back up, to realize that you've always been on the path and you just stay on that path, and you forget all the stuff that don't matter and everybody else that don't matter. Those that matter will matter and they'll make themselves known in your life. Those that don't, they're not cheerleaders, keep it moving. But if you came into this world broke, <laughs> only thing you, the people that did not instill that mindset into my childlike mind and the environment that I saw around me was anything other than that. God bless them, like seriously, God bless them. But it didn't, it didn't build a blueprint for me to be successful in life at all. And I've been successful only by my own will, my own God-like instincts to to realize that, you know, the indoctrinations that were forced upon me weren't the truth. That one day I would find that truth. And the truth has been revealing itself over and over. So these experiences that I talk about, that I have talked about to regards to my family, to regards to work, the whole night, this has been the observation leading up to a point in time. It's a living book. It's a living, living, breathing book of my life to show, you know, you know, you can, you can be who you want to be. But it's it, it could be tough if you don't have that early life development, a, a business plan, someone who 
someone who came into life and even if circumstances people have gone through all kind of crazy circumstances maybe a parent wasn't there or whatever but you still have to show you still have something to show a child you know to regards of your of their lifestyle if if you you can't mix it up like that you can't you can't be fan and smoke when the when the reverend is coming to the door to pray for the children <laughs> you can't can't be hiding the bottles i mean it's it's just it's 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 and even now i know this is still happening 20 25 years 26 years 50 years later people having children into this world and they're not prepared and the child is the one that suffers i know a kid who was walking the streets walking the streets looking at the ground and i asked him so one you're you couldn't be no more than like 12 or 13. Why are you walking the streets this time of night? And where's your shoes? And I, that's how I just had to, I pulled over on my bike. I had to ask him. And he's like, I was like, and what are you looking for? Don't you live around here or something? He's like, yeah. He's like, and he went on to talk about his family and how they were talking bad about him, talking down about him. And I said, but you have a roof, right? You had somewhere to live, right? He's like, yeah, I still have somewhere to live. They just, you know, I said, well, what are you looking for? He's like, I don't know. I, I get nervous. So I'm, I was looking for, you know, some uh, cigarette butts or, you know, some weed or something. I said, weed? I was like, dude, if you don't. So we walked and, you know, I dropped him off to his family and I just shook my head. I was like, wow, wow. Because in the conversation we were having, he was, you know, I was asking, you know, what, what do you, what do you want to do with his life? I said, well, walking the streets looking for cigarette butts and weed ain't going to work, brother. I said, you know, I don't know what you got to do. I said, but you got to get your head right. You got to do, you got to do, you got to want to do right. <laughs> and you can do right. And, and I was like, I know, I, I've, I've been, I grew up, you know, same way, you know, all this chaos around me and you feel like nobody's talking to you and nobody's paying attention and you're trying to move on with your, with your life and you can't because your surroundings is, is, uh, it's infecting, it's infecting you. It's like, I get it. Because he was in that conversation, you know, to his home, he was saying how you want to have kids. And I said, no, nah, man, I said, you, you're, you're 12 years old, man. I mean, the last thing you should be thinking about is duplicating yourself. <laughs> I mean, you, I, I didn't even know what to, I didn't even know what to say. I just, I really didn't, I really didn't even know what to say to this kid. Um, but this is just one kid and. How many millions of kids out there just born to parents who just don't want to take responsibilities, you know, or just don't want to set a, a great example, even if they're adopted. I actually know some of the greatest people on the planet that I consider just really great people who were adopted. And I know people who have adopted kids who who are like angels angels to these children I'm like oh my god you were so better off my god whatever happened that your parents gave you up thank god that was an act of god that you 
ended up in the situation that you did because there are some that are just not fortunate enough and there are some that have been born into parenting into a parent's household and just it's it you know they they've been better off just not having a child you know what i mean or giving it up for adoption i don't know why people would shun on giving up their child for adoption i know plenty of women who you know made a solid decision to say look you know what i i, I want to live my life so you know let me give this kid up and so he can have a fighting chance he or she can have a fighting chance and let me get on with my life that's not an easy decision to make but if you know that you're not capable of doing something that's so responsible that's going to impact your life why not find another solution the solution to how the the government pay you money every week every month to keep having children that that is that is that that's a sickness man that's a sickness that's playing people are saying you know you know pandemics and all this and crisis the crisis begun when you started programs in place where i don't care if it's men or women but just to receive money to sit on your ass and and forgive me for saying that but sitting on your ass i saw people sitting on their ass i saw a lot of people just sitting on the adults just sitting on their ass collecting a check playing cards drinking beer smoking weed smoking cigarettes and waiting for the next check to go come through doing nothing in between to advance their lives no learning no extra educational classes you know just all this nonsense, nonsense, negative talk, cursing rich people, like they couldn't, like it was, it was, like it was associated being black. Oh, you black, you poor. It's like, what? Who thinks like that? And entire generations and generations of folks do. And it's unfortunate because I don't, I don't think it's just a, a, a black thing. I think other cultures have done the same thing. But the difference is if they come to California or they're coming from other countries, see, they've already got a plan. And they, their parents have been planning since day one. Some of them were even rejected from their parents because they wanted to, because they dreamed so hard of getting here and going to the best school and, and, and making a life for themselves in a place like California. I've had these conversations with, with people. But you gotta you gotta have that blueprint of inspiration. If you don't, wow, wow. Done. Done. Hell on earth. That's exactly what that is. Hell on earth. And I've lived in it, through it, around it, all up in it. I'm done with it. I'm so done. I want to share mostly on this podcast, you know, because my auntie made a, a really huge impact in my life. And, you know, that song that I created, you know, that's dedicated. I, I had no idea, like, that music, because I named it. I named it August 28, 22. I couldn't come up. For some reason, I couldn't come up with nails. Like, this is so everything that I've always wanted to create in a song. I don't even know what to call it. So I'm a dated, you know, August 28th, 
not even realizing it's the day that my auntie passed and it was the day that Michael Jackson passed or I think Michael Jackson was either the day before either way too close for comfort and I said you know this is the song is if this is the song that the world needs to hear for my introduction into you know uh, who I am and and what I've done and and who I am moving forward and and my mission this is the song then and I named it actually named it gotta gotta get back to love yeah I call it get back to love yeah it's called yeah it's called get back to love yep yep so part of this podcast I want uh, I've been segueing or going into the subject prior to doing the podcast probably probably prior to hitting the record button um i had a dynamic conversation with a sister um uh, african-american awesome um a recruiter Uh, i won't say she's a recruiter she's um she's in the real estate business and uh, we had a dynamic conversation about, you know, a good half an hour on conversation. But um, there was another sister that I reached out to that is just doing, just doing great things. Just doing great things. And um, so I reached out to her, but I, I, it started to when I was thinking about, you know, my auntie and, you know, you know, what what that contributed to me being a, a young man in the world and how much it impacted me. And and I thought about, you know, some of my um, friends, uh, sisters who are who are my friends, like platonic friendships. I said, you know, I, I like sisters. I really do. I really I've always liked sisters, but, you know, they, I don't get the same reception at times. You know, the women that are in my life who are sisters, I've been knowing them for like, you know, 10, 20 years in between everything. So I got that, I got that going for me. And these are platonic friends, call them up two o'clock in the morning if I want to, they're going to answer the phone, we're going to talk because they know there's something going down and, and I need to talk. Or they need to talk, vice versa. That's that's how it is. Brotherly, sisterly love. So I haven't I haven't come across that in a very very. It's been a very long time, and it was just it was just it was just great. It was just a great conversation, good energy, um, and I, I hope to I hope that you know our conversation will move forward on uh, possibly uh, working together in the nearest future. Um, but there's another sister who has, uh, I'm just reading a message. I just found out my flight has changed tomorrow at 1 at p.m. Let's chat after Labor Day. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Cool. All right. So, yeah, but if you heard, I think I did a, uh, I read a bio the other night on the podcast. So you can hear, you can hear. See what sisters out there are doing. You know, thank God for them because, you know, um, they're not, uh, things are not looking, looking good. 
for you know brothers we gotta we we don't have as many programs and i shared that with you know someone recently we don't have there aren't a lot of programs to assist um black men that's the bottom line i i put i put it in i put in a few searches and not a lot of stuff came up um and then it's the images of like homeless black men. And it's like, dude, come on, man. I know guys that are going through it or who have been homeless. They didn't. Why does everybody look like broken down, these broken down pictures and images of, of transients? You know, it's, it's a terrible image to, just for uh, just to show for homeless people. Because there, there's degrees of homelessness. This world is a trip, man. I'm telling you. And being that the internet is so powerful of a medium, everybody's checking out. So it's not like people are out there and they can see what people look like who are homeless. I've seen people out there and it's like, why does everybody have to look like that on your images? It's not going to make people feel better about helping someone. I know people that look that look like me. I mean, when I was out there, you know, I wasn't on the streets, you know, in tents and whatnot, but... You know, I was out there, you know, sleeping in the park, you know, when I, when the space that I was supposed to sleep wasn't cool or somebody's energy was off, you know, I'd rather sleep in the park. Why not? Don't recommend it though. Don't recommend it these days. Don't recommend it in Oakland either. No, not at all. So, all right, people, uh, I got some text messages to return i just want to give a shout out to any and everybody that's listened to the podcast got a birthday coming up uh september 6th if you want to donate ihvpnetwork at gmail.com i will happily take your donation and put it towards some goodness Cause you know that's 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 what I want to do. I have I have all the equipment. I have all I have the skills and experience to do great things. Uh, but funding is numero uno. I get funding. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Done deal. Seriously, seriously. Um, all right for the Intelligent Human Voice Podcast Network as always if this is your first time i hope it's not your last time um before i before i end the podcast though as i said if it's not your first time i hope it's not your last time be sure to share uh if you if there's something that you want to talk about directly um i'm open for a 15 minute chat about what we can collaborate on uh, maybe you have you want to start a podcast uh, i can give you some steps and maybe we do some consulting set up some fees whatever whatever i'm open the world is round round and round we go where will we stop no one knows but if we are not communicating and talking to each other how are we supposed to advance in the civilizations? You know, this is one of the greatest times on planet Earth, according to all the scientists and 
historians and futurists. We've never we've never done this before. Well, really? How do you know? You've only been around for 60 years. How do you know these things? So, I read this uh, earlier today. This was just this just spoke to um, yeah, it spoke to everything that I was feeling like in the moment right now. So time is uh, 420. 420 is always a good number. Always a good number. All right. This one's called Facing Life. It's a prayer. Nothing can stand in the way of truth. And let's see. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Joshua 1 and 5. The cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night may appear in different forms, but God's guidance and protection are with me every moment of the day and of the night. There is no power in conditions. There is no power in personality. Even my own misguided thinking can no longer hurt me, for I know it is false. I turn to the infinite wisdom within for clarification. Truth is revealed with me. I'm sorry, truth is revealed to me, and this truth is my healing. God speaks to me and in my own mind, as he did to Moses and the prophets of old. Sometimes guidance comes through something I read, I read, or or the spoken words of others. I no longer resist criticism. It may be God speaking to me through one of his other children. Oh, nothing can stand in the way of truth. It cuts through my mistake, my mistaken thinking as a strong light pierces the darkness. I'm willing to have the truth revealed to me, though it shatters my ego. Thy rod and thy staff they comfort me. I accept correction. I rejoice in discipline. I'm glad to give up all negative thinking. God alone has power over me. This power is love. It will not fail me or forsake me. And so it is. And so it is.